Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, we have another amazing guest. She is a stunt woman turned therapist turned entrepreneur. These are just some of the highlights of her career. She's the founder of A Better Place Consulting. She coaches business owners to overcome adversity and combat personal and employee burnout. It's not uncommon to find her keynoting in the morning with a Fortune 500 company and ending the day teaching burnout prevention to law enforcement, military and correctional officers. In a world of COVID and uncertainty, she has been sought out nationally to speak on mental wellness impact on professional space. So a warm welcome to my perfect failure, Bunny Young. How are you, Bunny? I am wonderful and it's such an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you. I've had two amazing discussions with you and both of those I wish I, I I wish I recorded because they could have been episodes in themselves. Well, we know now. Anytime we speak, we'll record yeah, it. That's actually we need to do that because we can just put those out there as as amazing content. So today's episode of my perfect failure is around finding opportunities in our failures. So I think I don't need to talk that much. I'd like if I if maybe you can introduce yourself and take us through your extraordinary journey because it has been an extraordinary journey and it continues to be so I give you the floor well and for the listeners if you hear the snoring great Dane in the background Paul knows <laughs> I, um, uh, great Dane service animal but he is currently asleep under my desk and there's there's just no being able to have that background noise uh taken out of any of these recordings so just enjoy that listeners hopefully you have your own four-legged loves that you can relate to that are snoring in the background as you're listening to this so that was uh, i it's always difficult to listen to your introduction because first the story that's that's not complete, right? Yeah, absolutely. Also, also, it's just the highlights. I could have just as easily said, you know, um, I'm also the the woman who managed to drop a vacuum on her foot and crush her foot and had to be in a boot, <laughs> you know, like, so yeah. it, remember that, that that's just the, the highlight reel. And so thank you for that introduction. Um, it's taken some time for me to evolve into seeing fail failure as I'm going to back up. I'm going to say welcoming failure in my life. Okay. Because if you're not failing, you're not trying. And as somebody who currently owns five companies and has grown companies, has sold companies, I've also lost companies. I've also had to shut down companies. And so being able to take the lessons and not dwell on that. uh, I'm also an individual who came pretty close to divorce And so looking at the lessons within all of those things as I'm not the same human I was before that happened as I am afterwards. 
And I actually just had this conversation because we were doing this five-day work-life alignment challenge. And yesterday I had somebody reach out and say, I can only make four out of the five days. And so I don't want to fail the challenge. And for me, when I hear the word challenge, the, the other comment was, you know, in a world that we're living in today, the last thing I need is more challenge. When I hear the word challenge, it makes me think rise to the challenge. It makes me think this is an opportunity for me to be a better version of myself. Because when I, when I tell, when I think about it, my only competition in life is myself. And so the only one who can beat me is myself. And if I allow a failure in my life to derail me permanently, and I don't get back off the mat or back up, you know, after falling off the horse, um, all of which, by the way, listeners, I've done, uh, fallen off the horse and and been crushed onto a mat. Um, you know, then that's really the when my story ends. And so there's been a lot of failures, and I take time to reflect on those and find the lessons. And the quicker that you are able to determine those lessons, forgive yourself, and move forward, the more impact that you can truly make on this world and the stronger and I'm going to say better version of yourself that you'll be. Wow. So there's, there's a lot there to sort of pick through, but I guess where I wanted to start with. So when did it sort of turn for you in terms of you identifying failure as an opportunity, learning to forgive yourself were there watershed moments that led to that? I think it was just an evolution. Um, you know, in, in, I'll, I'll give the listeners kind of a, a global answer and then a more specific answer around a specific failure in my life. So to understand me, I was raised with a mother who told me that she would love me even if I decided I was going to be a professional snail racer, which I'm still not sure that that's a thing or that, um, you know, that is, um, what that exactly would look like. So I would love for your listeners to reach out to me if they have any information on professional snail racing. <laughs> I think the message there was, you know, I'll, uh, my love for you is unconditional and there's nothing that you could do, or you don't have to do anything in order for me to, um, love you. And then I also have my dad who is very quiet, um, and a very hardworking individual, who the worst thing that he could possibly say to me is I'm disappointed in you. And I've only heard it once. And it was around when I was trying to do the right thing. And I ended up just making a poor decision around doing the right thing. And, and to this day, I've moved on and can live forward through that because I know in my heart that what I was trying to do was the right thing. Um, and so that's the background. And then as far as the specific failure goes, I, I had this idea for this company and I took the steps to do the company and I knew that it would be better. Or I believe that I could decrease the learning curve by taking on business partners. And I ended up, it, it was a dumpster fire. Um, there's nothing. It, we joke in my life right now that 2020 was nothing compared to the year that I went through this, um, you know, uh, ability to, have the, the partnership implode and there's just so much. And so looking at that and being able to say, 
okay, what, what did we learn? Um, was really monumental for me. And so being able to have the thoughts and the ideas of the mindset shift to be able to say, you know, here's, here's this thing that happened and it happened for me instead of to Mm. me. I think that that's really the, the shift that, that continues to happen and the opportunity to think about things in that way that continue to make a difference for me is being able to know that that happened for me or assuming that that happened for me. Um, and I apologize to, to the listeners. Somebody's decided to have a rambunctious conversation right outside of my door. <laughs> I, um, I, I can't hear it. So, 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 um, um, so that's, that's really, as far as when you're talking about a moment, it's that moment that I, that there was a series of things where I ended up having a doctor say, you know, if all of these things happened, I used, I, I, I'm still a therapist. I just don't practice, but there's this scale that we have that, that measures levels of depression or, or levels of anxiety. Yeah. And according to the anxiety, my measurement on the anxiety scale, when I took this um, assessment, they said, you know, I don't know how you get out of bed in the morning. And for me, it was like, well, I experienced that amount of stress. Mm. That's, that's no, that's the reality. I do experience that amount of stress. Those answers are genuine. However, stress, I don't perceive it as a bad thing. I perceive it as energy to take action in order to move yourself either away from a threat or, you know, towards something that will be better for you. And so. Is that because you understand stress? I'm interested to know how you process that because I'm sure because I get stressed and I'm not, I don't process it like you do. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would love to be able to say that this amazing master's degree that's hanging on my wall mm. in uh, human psychology and counseling is why I understand stress. However, really, to be honest with you, Paul, I understand stress from growing up with horses. Okay. And if you look at a herd, when they get stressed, they look for one, one of those horses sees the threat and the rest of them just trust okay. and take action. Yeah. So, so they all experience the stress. Only one horse knows why, and the rest of them just trust and take action. Yeah. And so that stress is that energy to be able to move them from one part of the pasture to another, or one part of, you know, the nature environment to another. And so that evaluation of, okay, stress is not, stress is actually there to keep us alive. Mm. And if we didn't have stress, if somebody walked into my office right now with a chainsaw and a mask on, and I just was cool as a cucumber, I would not physiologically, I would not have the ability to defend myself because I wouldn't have enough adrenaline or stress response in order to take action. Now, the the thing about that is that most of the time in today's world, as the humans that we are, the stress that we have and that we experience is self-imposed mm. about things that are not as literal as somebody walking in my office with a chainsaw and a mask or a lion appearing on the horizon their stress about how many emails we have in our inbox or their stress because we heard our phone, the bell notification go off and we haven't checked it in the past yeah. millisecond. 
So that kind of chronic exposure to stress is what then leads to burnout. And that's not healthy. And so it is about how we process, you know, stress. And that's why you see a lot of smart individuals talk about stress management instead of stress reduction. Okay. So it's how we think about it and how we manage it versus just, you know, how yeah. we... Yeah, totally. Thank you for that clarity and that explanation. But it, it got me thinking about your definition of challenge, about how most people, they when they, when they feel challenged it kind of, you know, the challenge, the idea of a challenge can get on top of you, but you spoke about, you actually rise to the challenge. So it's just flipping it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what's, what is the benefit like to engage in the challenge? You know, the, I can look at it as, so for, for this work-life alignment challenge, if I only have 10 people show up, you know, say we had a goal to have 300 people show up, Paul, if yeah. only people show up, am I going to focus on the 290 non-existent individuals that didn't show up mm. or should I pour my energy, my focus into the 10 people who did? Yeah. And you know, that changes the person that I show mm. up for today. So you know, when you, when you got out of bed this morning, if something happened, if you didn't quite get your tea, your coffee, if, you know, the dog had an accident, if your children refused to put shoes on all of these things that may or may not have happened to me this morning. Hmm. um, When you get in the car, you can choose to be rushed and Mm. stressed. Yeah. And, um, or you can choose to accept that, you don't know what was on the road. Maybe that setback saved you from an accident. Yeah. Maybe that setback gave you additional time. I constantly think about, you know, my daughters when when I am giving them a hug at night and my four-year-old is notorious for this. She never wants to stay in her bed. She will get up out of bed a dozen times. It's a challenge. Let's go to d- hmm. the direct question that you asked. It is a challenge. And I look at it as that is a challenge of 12 times that her mom can lovingly receive her, bring her back to her bed. And if she's getting out of bed, maybe her love tank is not full enough. Okay. And since my job tonight is to fill her love tank, I'm going to do whatever I can to fill her love tank and try not to have the last memory before she goes to bed be of her mom snapping at her because while her mom's sitting up and watching TV or her mom's sitting up doing something and this little human's trying to comprehend, well, why am I going to bed and you're yeah. not? Yeah. So it's, it's merely my mindset around it. Is it a challenge? 100%. Do I nail it every single time? Absolutely not. But the mindset around the challenge that I go into it with definitely impacts the outcome. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Interesting approach. So, so just around failure and adjusting to it and seizing the opportunity. So I guess maybe from your perspective, when you've had situations that have not gone the way that you've wanted them to to go, do you have to learn to trust yourself? Do you build up resilience every time something happens? What is that process like for you? It's a great question. So I sit down and I ask myself if I gave it everything that I could. Okay. And then I ask myself, what tools 
like where were the gaps between mm. what I wanted to happen and what actually happened? So, so in the States, we have this soup, this thing called the Super Bowl. I imagine most yeah. people are familiar yeah. with it. So next weekend, <laughs> it is, yeah, kudos to you. Well, this, whenever this comes out, this might come out after, but next yeah. weekend, just to give people some uh, clarity. Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about it because okay. I don't even want to about however if my goal is to beat that team mm. that's different than the mindset of being the best version of myself for yeah. my team going out on the field because if my goal is to beat that team who they were two weeks ago and study all the tapes from who they were in the past chances are the team that shows up to with the focus on beating that team is not going to anticipate everything they've done in the past two weeks. Yeah. I'm better. Yeah. If I change my perspective and my motivation instead to want to be the best version of myself, if I lose that game, which I hope Tampa Bay does, <laughs> if I lose that game, then I can walk off that field knowing that I brought my best version of myself yeah, and I can isolate the things that I could do in order to be better the next time that I step onto that field and not just focus on beating that team, but focus on being a better version of myself. And that's going to help me whether I'm a football player or a husband or a wife Mm. or a mom or a dad, just a human on this earth. When we can focus on what lessons we get out of it and what opportunities are there now that weren't otherwise highlighted. I, I I had an opportunity to work with a client a couple years ago that the client ended up saying, you know, I really just want to be a big fish in a little pond. I don't want to be a little fish in a big pond. And that's okay. As long as we know that so many people want to grow for growth's sake. Well, I'll tell you running a a multi-million dollar company looks a lot different than than running a $300,000 or $500,000 company. And with it comes a lot of different obstacles. And you could actually be more profitable and take home more money making $500,000 than if you have a multi-million dollar company with a bunch of employees and taxes, et cetera. It's really just about that awareness. So to answer your question, when... I perceive that there's an opportunity for learning from a failure. Then I sit down and I ask myself those, those questions. Okay. Okay. And going through that process, you just described where you look at delivering the best of, you know, you get your mindset right and clear and you aim to deliver your A A game. So you deliver the best of you for whatever that challenge was. You rise to whatever the top is for you. In order to do that, do you have to, do we have to set goals? Do we have to have something anchored at the top? that we use as our lever to aim for? So I'm going to ask the listeners, and, and, and if you're driving, don't do this, but get, get out a piece of paper and, and draw kind of like a, a highway, yeah. um, two, lines, two lines down you know, the, the paper. And at the top of that highway, the destination would be what I would call the vision. And so this is your reason for getting up in the morning. So this is, most companies have visions. And then draw a little vehicle at the bottom of the paper, whatever it looks like. And that is going to be your mission. That's going to be the the car that you use to drive closer to that vision each and every day. And so to answer Paul's question about goals, you know, that on the sidelines of that highway, 
um, are your core values. So these are the things that you don't sacrifice the non-negotiables like authenticity is one of mine that I know if I'm being inauthentic, I'm four wheel driving and I'm not on the road to my vision. And so the little goals are, and they don't have to be little, they can be big, but they're on this road, getting us closer to the vision. And so many of us set goals for growth that are not in line with our vision. Okay. And so to answer your question, goals are great. What's most important is that you are leveraging your gifts, your skills, and your abilities in order to move that car, your mission, whether your mission is a company that you're running or your mission is a family that you're growing to get closer to that vision. Wonderful. I'm just scribbling this down. This is amazing stuff. So I'm using this. Thank you. Um, I'm mindful of time. So I want to ask about better consulting if i may for listeners who, who want to listen to you again you've kindly offered me some more of your time so we will get yeah. to so we will get to talk to you again it's just that yeah. you've got a pressing schedule but if maybe if you can give us a little bit of information around better place consult i'm interested in that yeah i'm gonna give your listeners um this the behind the scenes that paul and i had a wonderful conversation prior to this about um the monarchy and that's what took the majority of our time <laughs> for this recording, um, the morning in, in the States. And so uh, I promised to come back and, and voice uh, that. She promised. I did. I made the promise to come back and voice that conversation for the listeners. And so if you care to hear an American's purse, um, views and vision on the monarchy, make sure that you're uh, subscribing or keeping in contact with Paul um, for his amazing podcast. So that's a plug for you as well, sir. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're so welcome. So a better place consulting is the the vehicle. It's the company that I um, own in order to get closer to making this world a better place. And so what we focus on there is work-life alignment. So this idea of not having a job, but having a purpose. That's okay. the great thing laying down for, for everybody who's like, what's that background? Was that an earthquake? No, it's a great <laughs> day coming down. Um, so that's what we do with that company. And we work with everybody from entrepreneurs all the way up to fortune 50 companies on this idea of humans fulfilling their purpose and that being the true value and not fulfilling a job or having these, you know, KPIs, um, key performance indicators that are just about how much can I get done? It's about, it's not about how much money we can make. It's about how much impact we can make. Yeah. And that's the foundation for a better place consulting and, and through the name, a better place by making the world a better place. And if you go onto the website, you can read the story behind the starfish logo. Um, but there's also a ton of free resources and, if I'm in business, you may be asking, why do I have a ton of free resources? Because I truly want you to make the world a better place. And I can't, I don't have the bandwidth. I choose mm. to not have the bandwidth. I choose to spend time with my family and my friends um, and not work all of my waking hours. And so my option and my opportunity is to offer you these free resources for you to start to take action and make your world a better place than those around you right now. Perfect, perfect, and it's a wonderful website. And what's fantastic is when you go on it, the free resources just it just hits you, so you can get them immediately, and they will affect you, you know, your life in a in a really positive way. I love sort of that nuance on finding a job that where you have purpose, because I think ironically, 
you'll probably smash your KPIs anyway because Absolutely. because you actually found you're actually doing a job that you have genuine passion for and you get yes. it. So yeah, so I love that. So I was going to ask you one more question before you have to dash off. I always ask everybody this question, so I have to ask you. So Bunny, Bunny, you're you're going to invite three inspirational people for dinner. They could be with us or they may not be with us. Who would you, who would your three inspirational people be? Well, the queen is definitely okay. Okay, we're we're having tea. We're not having dinner. So after this this conversation, the queen's definitely um, coming. My grandfather okay. is the most inspirational human being who's no longer with us. That um, I would ask um, to to be there. Um, and I think the last person that I would probably have to ask to be there. Um, would be Eisenhower. I, okay. Um, so just because of the way that his mind thinks around strategy, okay. most people think of him as a wartime strategist, mm. but um, I, I think just his ability to think beyond the battle plans and okay. the impact to not just the war, but our country. So so those would be my three right now. Ask me again in our next episode. Well, and we'll see who I invite. Yeah, I'm going to ask her. I'm not going to remind you what you said this time to see whether there's any correlation. Um, and lastly, where can the listeners find you? So I always say, if you really want to find me, I'm on Instagram at a, um, bunny has six legs because I have a service dog. So that's my Instagram handle. That's where you find me. If you want to find uh, resources for yourself, a betterplaceconsulting.com is the best place to to find those resources. Fabulous, fabulous. And I will put all that information on the show notes and all the relevant links so you'll be able to contact you directly. Uh, but of course, you'll be you'll be uh, gracing us with your presence again, which I'm 100%. which I'm really looking forward to. And uh Bunny, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. And listeners, thank you for tuning in and you can contact me at www myperfectfailure.com. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.